0: Hello and welcome to another episode of A Need to Read. My name is Ed Cunningham and this is my podcast, so I host every single episode. This is a book review episode on Moonwalking with Einstein by Joshua Farr. It's a book on explorative journalism. I mean, I thought I actually made up the term until I googled it Um, and I hadn't. It was a thing, obviously, it was a thing. Foolish of me to think that I'd made that up, but... That sometimes you got to try and give yourself credit where you don't deserve it, and that's what I tried there. As with all book review episodes, I'm just going to talk about the book and tell you if you would like to read it. Hopefully, by the end of the podcast, you'll be able to make that decision yourself. But before we get into it, let's just talk about how I need to pay bills, because... I'm producing a lot of free content. This is always going to be free. Um, you're never gonna be charged for this podcast on Apple or Spotify, I'm pretty sure. But look, the podcast has sponsors, and I'm very proud to say that BetterHelp sponsor the podcast. BetterHelp an American company, they provide an online therapy service to millions of people around the world. When you click the link that's in the description, if you're deciding that therapy is something that you want to explore not only do you get 10 percent off which i'll run into in one moment but you get sent through to a questionnaire you answer this questionnaire honestly as possible because of course the only way that you're going to get better if you're not in a good place is being honest with yourself and honest with others that are going to be there to help you once you've done that 48 hours later you'll be put in touch with a therapist and you can organize your first therapy session That is a very, very quick turnaround from my experience. When I first went to therapy, it took me three weeks to initially be seeing someone from when I had a first phone call conversation to actually seeing someone. And that was still private. So better help of really providing that service. I I can't do much to sell it. I hate to sell things. I just am happy that they sponsor the podcast. It's amazing that... Through my introduction, I've managed to help people get into therapy and hopefully change their lives for the better for the course of their lives as well. So if therapy is something that you're thinking about, maybe it's the right time for you. If you know that it's the right time for you to go to therapy, all you have to do is go to the link in the description, which is betterhelp.com forward slash need to read. You then get 10% off your first month, which creates to about £20 off your first month. But honestly, if you had a spare... £400 sitting around for two months worth of therapy, it might just change the course of your life. I think eight weeks of therapy is really when you start getting into it and uncovering everything to do with your past traumas, current traumas, whatever's going on in your life, basically. And like I say, I'm very proud to have them as a sponsor. If you decide the times right, you know where their link is. It's in the description or just head to betterhelp.com forward slash a need to read. Now... Before we get into this, another way that you can support the podcast, if you like to, is head to buymeacoffee.com forward slash a need to read on there. You can buy me a coffee. You can buy me a book. Um, it's just basically a donation towards the content that I make. No pressure. You really don't have to. Um, but if you buy me a pint or if you buy me a coffee in real life, then maybe you do it over the internet because everything seems to be done over the internet in 2021, including kids going to school, which is crazy. But. Let's get into the podcast. Let's get into the episode. I'm looking forward to having a chat about this one because I've got a lot to say. So strap yourselves in and let's talk about moonwalking. First thing I have to say with this book is on the front of it, it says the art and science of remembering everything. Now, I'd argue that that's bullshit because I'd literally just finished the book, got up from the sofa, went to my room to get my laptop, was looking frantically for my laptop all in the cupboards thinking I'd hidden it when I'd gone out or something and I thought like, oh my god someone has stolen my bloody laptop what is the point you know when you lose something like what <laughs> you get into this real existential crisis like what's the whole point in life oh my god I've lost this how have I done this it was so annoying and then I looked around my room didn't think it could be anywhere else didn't think that would be even possible went back outside my laptop was on the table just where I'd been but it was just shut so You're not going to remember everything upon reading this book Um, this is in line with memory championships which is essentially a memorization a bunch of memorization techniques for things like decks of cards um, names and faces long lists of numbers and long lists of things and i'll run you through the techniques of remembering those things later in this review but to give a bit of scope as to what the book is like so joshua the guy that wrote the book Went to the american memory championships and just was writing an article on it he was just there to do a bit of journalism write a piece for a magazine that he was working for And then he got speaking to some people and at this championship was a guy called tony buzzin this guy's like the the memory guru and when josh was speaking to him he said this is a quote from the book. It says, Any self-appointed self-help guru that's made a king's ransom out of helping people raises the bullshit detector of any any journalist. Because this Tony Bozzin guy is like one of the best memorizers in the world. And he's written 120 books on how to remember things. Now, I mean, he's probably fucking clutching at straws after 120 books. Can you imagine? Like, they say, oh, right perfect phrase for this 100 ways to skin a cat but you only really need to know one how many books can you really get out of memorizing things i i got the impression that this tony bosan is full of shit um and essentially his his story the memory champion of the world or the the memorization guru who went around and he gave lectures at universities he was given Talks at businesses, he's really, really milking it for all it was worth. When he was in school, he was super, super clever, and he was getting the top in top in the class and just doing really well. And then one day there was a test that was more of a memory test, and his friend beat him. And he said that his friend was pretty stupid, so he realised that memory was all people ever really needed to pass tests. I do think that's true. I think in schools, if they taught people how to memorise, it'd be a lot better than. Um, what they do currently, but look, I'm not a teacher and I don't know the science behind it. But um, memorising things does make you seem a lot smarter than you are, and being able to sort of just just recall information does just make you seem all all the smarter um, than those who can't memorise things. But this Tony Bosni, essentially, just made loads of fucking money by going around teaching people how to memorize things. So when Joshua was speaking to him, his interest peaked because he said to him, look, anyone can do it, it's just the technique. So he was like, you know what, I'll do it then. So he decided that he was gonna compete in the next year's American Memory Championships, which you don't have to qualify for, you just have to sign up for. I think you have to have certain like times to qualify, but nothing, nothing serious. So in that year, the only training he did was half an hour a day for the first six months and then an hour a day for the six months running up to it. And he, it took him all over the world. He went all over America to interview people. He went to England to work with a guy called Ed, not me, um, some other guy who went to Oxford and was a memory champion in his own right when it comes to memory championships by the way apparently america are low down in the pile europeans are far better and asians even better still because pff, I, I couldn't tell you why maybe one works harder than the other who knows the all, all that means essentially is that it's easier to win an american championship than it would ever be to win a world or a european championship So the main point in the book and i think what he's trying to get at here is that your memory is something that you can change and there's an old experiment that people did on london taxi drivers because they obviously have to memorize the knowledge and pass the knowledge which is a test where they just have to memorize a map of london basically and they took brain scans of the taxi drivers before they started learning the knowledge and after and their hippocampus had grown couldn't tell you what percentage by um, but it's quite a common experiment that's talk, talked about in like self-help books about being able to um, train your brain so I'm a, like I, I would have expected I'm kind of the more I read the more I'm expecting people to kind of vary their scientific evidence behind things but if I wrote a book about memory I'd probably use that one as well but apart from that probably being my only complaint in terms of research He spoke to a lot of people, a lot of people with memory issues or amazing memories. When someone's got high functioning autism and they've got this like amazing memory, they're called a savant. So he went and spoke to a savant. I remember seeing someone on YouTube once who was a savant and he could paint a whole city skyline just by memory. And people used to question this and say that it was a photographic memory. Now what's very clear in this book is that photographic memories do not exist and i know loads of people think they've got a photographic memory but i would just say look if you've got a photographic memory why aren't you a fucking kabillionaire because you could just memorize absolutely everything just by looking at it and taking a little snapshot with uh, your brain when i used to work um in a call center my boss was like yeah yeah i've got a photogenic memory um which obviously just meant that he didn't the irony of that was painful but um, he's a legend, shout out to Brad, you hero. Um, Yes, besides the point, the whole thing about memory is that it's what makes us human, right? Our our ability to memorize and our ability to create memories is what makes our lives. Upon reading this book, I was was thinking about my life and, and there's so much of it that I just don't remember. And what's clear in the book is that that is because when life is repetitive, when you're in a routine, the days seem slow, but time goes fast. Like when you're in lockdown, like last year went so quick, even though every day or week seemed to go so slow, but then all of a sudden it was the end of the year just cause we'd kind of all been just doing the same thing every day. So the whole point in creating new memories It's like putting new markers in a timeline on your life. A new thing like, oh, this was new. This is what we did. So it's very, very important to every now and then. I know, I know we can't at the moment so much, but change your environment, change your routine, make new memories, learn new things. And I think one of the key things from the book in terms of long-term brain health that he talks about is making sure that you stay in a cognitively challenging. Position. That may be playing the piano or learning some music or writing something difficult or trying to memorize stuff. As long as your brain is working, your brain is growing. As long as it's not working, if you're just in autopilot, if everything just comes to you easily, if let's say you're doing a sport that you've been doing forever, you don't have to think and it's all natural for you. Then you're not going to be learning anymore the best athletes try and keep themselves in that cognitive phase so they get automatic feedback um, they try harder things more often and i thought about this with jujitsu um, i spoke to my coach about it andrew absolute legend at bali mma and i was like should i be going into matches or rounds or rolls, sparring with an idea of one particular move in my head so that i'm thinking about that the whole time so that it's making my brain work, he's like, yeah, do it for a month, work on one particular sequence for a month at a time, and you'll see the improvement massively, as opposed to me just sticking to the stuff that I'm good at, which is a temptation when you're sparring because ego gets in the way and you kind of want to win the, the spar by just doing things that you're good at, which isn't going to help you in the long run. So I think this is a a good call for people to do things that are quite uncomfortable and to do the hard stuff because it will serve you more in the long run when at some point you become so autonomous in absolutely everything that everyone thinks you're an absolute legend in whatever it is that you're doing. So like I think that's why I feel like my brain's got bigger since playing ukulele because I have to think all the time, I have to move my fingers in a certain way, the kind of dexterity you need is different and something I've never experienced before. So the point I'm trying to get at is do some hard things. Pick up a hobby, get a Rubik's cube even. Something that is really cognitively demanding because I think a lot of us spend a lot of time just doing the easy things when it comes to using our brains and not trying to trying to stay out of mental fatigue. But I think obviously mental fatigue is is a good thing. Making sure that we're working hard. That's my little rant on that for the day in terms of the book obviously i said uh, my memories know better now but it does give you tips and tricks how to memorize certain things so the first thing is remembering names and faces so there was an experiment um, where they gave people let's say it was a hundred pictures of faces these statistics are wrong by the way and they're asking people to remember names or faces. And the people that gave those names or faces, people that were bakers, for example, or hunters, they were easily to, easier to remember than someone like a Cunningham, like me, because they could assign a particular role. They could remember for bakers, they could smell dough. They could attach all these different senses to this name and this face which gave it extra layers, which meant you could memorize it better. So when you meet someone and you look at a person and then let's say her name's Lisa, but right also I've met Lisa, okay, Mona Lisa. And then you just stick that person's face on the Mona Lisa. You see her in three months time, you haven't forgotten her name because you know that that's the Mona Lisa. So you got to make names into a picture and the more layers of senses that you can put into that picture, um, let's say me, Ed Cunningham, I'd be like, right, um, Bed for Ed, obviously, and then Fox for Cunning, Pig for Ham. So I'd like a. I look at my face and I'm like, right, Bed, Fox, Pig. Two, a fox and a pig on the bed, done. Maybe I could smell pig shit. <laughs> my sister's name Harriet. Um, what's that rhyme with chariot? Um, so I'd be like two because her name is obviously Cunningham as well. A pig and a fox on a chariot. Harriet Cunningham, easy. So remembering names and faces, all you have to do is assign a picture to that person, and just try and make it as memorable or as weird as possible. Now, another way of remembering like lists is a memory palace. So a memory palace is a place or room or building that you're used to. So for me, that would be my home, and it would probably be. For you guys as well so let's say you have to memorize a shopping list let's say you need to get some apples oranges um, and other stuff i'm going to make up as i'm going along you'd assign those to different places in your house so as you walk into your house let's say you've got some pictures up on the wall so you place the apple orange blackcurrant on the different pictures all the way through the house I mean obviously you can just write this down on a piece of paper because I mean it's 2021 you could probably write it on the notes on your phone but if you want to test your memory do this and you assign these like just things to places in your house and, and when you shut your eyes and you imagine yourself walking into that building or place or room you then see these different things and it's easier to recall them as opposed to just thinking okay um, apples oranges black currants um, And the rest of the list it's easier to have them set in a different place so in the book he asks you to memorize a list of things now i can't remember all of it so far but i remember all i had to do is i walked down my driveway and where the cars were parked there was a big jar of pickles next to the jar of pickles there was a pot of cottage cheese and in the cottage cheese there was reese witherspoon and in the house i turn left i go into the utility room and on the rack near the washing machine there was some smoked peat salmon on the stairs there were six bottles of wine and on those six bottles of wine there were a sock on each because there was three pairs of socks on the list and then as i turned right and went into the kitchen there was some dry ice coming through because there's a dry ice machine and look, i read this book i finished reading this book about a week ago now and i can still remember some of those things on the list because i assigned it to a place in my memory palace so it's quite a nice way of remembering things now Another thing that you have to memorise in memory championships is numbers between 0 and 99. So you've got to give them pictures and in-depth characters and people you'd immediately remember. So it's like in Bingo when they're like, oh, two fat ladies, 88. That's that's the kind of thing you 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 get the gist there. Or you make them a date. So like 4th of November 1972, 1972. 0411, 1972. If that was the kind of thing I had to remember, you design a date to it. Um, and that would be my birthday if I was born in 1972, which I wasn't. Now, another thing, and this is where Josh Floer in the Memory Championships really performed well, was memorizing a deck of cards. Because when you memorize a deck of cards, you have to give each one of the cards a character again. And last night I watched a video on YouTube on this, and a guy had. Um, like you give george michael a card because he said that clubs were g and m sounds because they carried a bit of a g m kind of like a club but he said it not me it might not even make sense but the three of clubs was george michael because it was a g and an m so every time you look at that card it's like right george michael and it's just an easier way of it's, it's more memorable when you have someone like george michael who was arrested for something in a club in the toilet of a club i'm pretty sure i think he was either having a wank or something like that. i don't know um but yeah you gotta assign these people to the cards i'm gonna be trying this out very soon i'm gonna go and buy cards and see how long it takes me to memorize stuff because these books they inspire you to do different things and uh it's definitely inspired me to just have a crack at it. Now, obviously, we're twenty-one minutes deep into this, and I keep I keep hearing the cockerel in the background making a little noise. So, he's obviously telling the world to get on with get on with their lives, and I think that's a sign for me to say that you have got ample information to decide whether or not you want to read this book, because really, you're only going to like it if you like journalism and books about people sort of exploring the possibilities of the world and going all over the world and interviewing a lot of people to try and make a good story which i think joshua did do here um i gave it four stars on goodreads which of course if you're not on um get on to goodreads it's a great place to track your books and you can add me through the link on instagram which is at need to read if you don't follow me there already it's it's an all right book i can't remember everything after reading it which is a bit annoying but as with everything everyone's full of shit right it was a bit of a clickbaity title and you can't blame him for doing it moonwalking with einstein no one would ever have understood what that title meant so yeah get the book it's if if you like the sound of it i wouldn't rush to it because there's a lot of better books out there but look, that could be said for every book. And there are millions of books out there, which is actually a concept that really, really excites me. Um, I'm very glad that I know how to do the memory palace. That's probably the main thing that I've taken away uh, from this. And I had a look at um, quotes from philosophers about memory. And uh, the, like the funniest one... <laughs> Is something I found from Nietzsche is the advantage of a bad memory is that one enjoys several times the same good things for the first time so look if you do have a bad memory and it's really really bad at least when you do good things that you've done before you come to it with a fresh mind and that you enjoy it just as much as the first time you ever done anything because nothing's ever as good as the first time of something so hopefully you enjoyed the episode If you did, please give a review on Apple Podcasts. It really, really helps when I'm getting guests on because they look at the amount of reviews I've got and they say, oh, this guy is legit. And obviously the better guests I get on, the better content it is. I've got so many interesting guests coming up for you over the next month or so, and I'm super, super excited to bring those conversations to you. It's always nice, like at the end of podcasts, people always say, oh, that wasn't really an interview. I'm like, no, I, I just have conversations. Look, I'm here to have a chat um i like it when people ask me questions as well because like there's so many people out there doing interview podcasts and there needs to be a space for people that just want to have a chat with someone and that's the whole idea behind a need to read so thank you very much for listening thank you for your support all the links will be in the description of this episode should you want to Therapy through BetterHelp, betterhelp.com forward slash a need to read. Or if you want to buy me a coffee, you head to buymeacoffee.com forward slash a need to read. You're absolute legends for listening in. Thank you very much. Love you. Bye bye.